Hello, and welcome to the United Federation of Reddit podcast. I'm Big J76. And I'm Smash. This podcast is for discussion of news and events centered around the Reddit Star Trek community. You can find links to these subreddits on the sidebar of r slash United Federation. That's reddit.com slash r slash United Federation. Smash, what do we have on the agenda for today? We have something different for you guys today. We're going to be talking about the Reddit community, r slash STO, and also the greater Star Trek online gaming community. That's great. And Star Trek Online was released in February of 2010. So it has been around for quite some time. And there is a Reddit side to Star Trek Online. The subreddit is called r slash STO. Uh, they've been a community for nine years. So shortly after the, the game was released, uh, the game was also available on the PlayStation 4 and Xbox One which was released in September of 2016. Now we're going to be diving more into the game and of the Reddit side of the community. We've got three guests with us today, one of which is Redditor Ambassador Kale, who's a community manager for Star Trek Online. He's going to be joining us later. To start us off, we have two members of Reddit Star Trek Gaming Communities, JRTD753 and Pojodan. Welcome to the podcast. Hello. Thank you. Hi, welcome. JR, let's start with you. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so um, I've been kind of involved in Star Trek, uh, the series and the franchise since, you know, I was a kid. My, I'm the youngest of uh, six children by far. My older brothers were really into Star Trek um, and kind of turned me on to about season two of TNG, uh, kind of getting into the show, understanding it. I've always looked at it as kind of a mix between kind of a religious political way of viewing the world and solving problems and um, read about Star Trek online after being a fan of the franchise for years and years uh, on a Yahoo News article, seeing that the game was in beta testing and, you know, had been a kind of minor video game player in the past. Uh, but kind of jumped into the game uh, in beta in early 2010 and have played since then um, for like these last nine years or so. Nine years. And wow, Yahoo. <laughs> haven't heard yeah. that in a while. I know. This name I haven't heard in a long time. I know. I, uh, I, it was weird. I had to Alta Vista about the game because, uh, no, I'm just joking. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this, was, this was after Google came out. But yeah, uh, yeah, it's, uh, I've been involved for, for a while now and been a fan. And it's a nice culmination to kind of take the you know, universe you've been playing with in your head for a bit, you know, in a video game with other people as well. Well, I'm not sure if it's going to come through on the recording, but I hear sirens in the background for you. So while the cops are coming to get you, <laughs> yes, let's, let's talk. To, uh, just hide the stash, and yes. while you're while you're shredding the evidence, uh, Pojo Dan. Well, I've uh, kind of a similar situation for me. I was introduced to Star Trek when I was a kid by my by, by my parents during I think it was the fourth season of Next Generation, and I've sort of been a Trekkie ever since. Uh, like watched all the all the series and multiple times and um right now i'm a moderator over at uh star trek roleplay on reddit uh which is a community that's been going for about three years now doing uh text-based uh character-driven role-playing set in the uh post-dominion war era of uh star trek universe and uh 
it's uh, kind of a, 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 a hobby of love for me and the, the few other people that uh, moderate it. And we've got a group of about 15, 20 people that come and go, but uh, it's kind of a, uh, I do a lot of uh, writing. That's kind of my passion is creative writing. So that's what I'm here for. We have a lot of fun and I certainly do. I, I currently uh, play the, uh, the captain of the ship, uh, Captain McCauley and uh um, my other major characters are uh, the ship's botanist, Lieutenant Kesh, and one of the engineers, Lieutenant Ritchip, as well as several other uh, minor characters that are playing the background, like one of the major villains. <laughs> Smash, do you do any gaming, uh, MMO, Star Trek Online, anything like that? You know, I've never played Star Trek Online, but I have heard quite a bit about it online, on Reddit, friends. Um, I do a bit of gaming, but not a lot of MMOs. No, I- I'm interested in it, though. It just hasn't been something I've had time to do. I'm a little bit older now. So, you know, time is limited, but it has been on my radar. I would love to know more about it. Now, this is the part that, that really gets me is that Smash says she's older now and doesn't have time for games. And I think for sure I'm older than you are. And I still play video games. So maybe I'm the, what have I done wrong? What, what am I doing with my life? No, it's what are you doing right? Can you tell me? Because I would love to know how to prioritize my life better so I can just have more time for video games. Well, and Star Trek Online is free to play, which is something that gives users a low barrier of entry to get into. So if you're wanting to check it out, I think you would make a killing because if it's free and also if you were to go into zone chat and say hey everyone i'm a girl so jr pojo dan i think she would get two million energy credits easy right away i mean um yes but not because you're a girl because it is more or less a very uh helpful and friendly community i mean you'll see that a lot on reddit we have the main sto um reddit forum but we also have one for builds so the game has a component to where you build your individual character where you uh, design what profession you want to be what race etc but you also get a ship so they're about I think just over about 200 different ships that you can get uh, in the game. I'm, pr- I'm maybe lowballing that number just a little bit. But um, so people will share, you know, their builds. They'll say, this is what I have my engines as, my weapons as, etc. And people are very helpful. And then also there's a bit of nerd wizardry involved where people want to tell you how you can get an extra 2% in damage. But uh, people are always very helpful. And there are a lot of great, uh, very, you know, popular Redditors and podcasters and even the support for the uh, the game itself for women so uh yes we would we would be helpful but not for the reasons you think that's actually really good to know that you guys have a nice supportive community and you know help people who are new to the game yes absolutely i mean we've all we've all been there at some point when you're walking around and you're thinking that uh, you know, you can take on the biggest, baddest ship impossible when you've just beat the tutorial and then you've learned <laughs> otherwise. And uh, so it's great to have people who are around. You can, and this, and this extends to, you know, we have 
I don't know how much you guys know about the MMO system, but, you know, communities of other players get together and build like guilds in some games in Star Trek Online. It's called fleets. And so you're surrounded by people and you can ask in a chat, you know, hey, does anybody have this? And there's a crafting component where you can build your own thing. So we're, we're always looking to uh, in, in keeping with the Star Trek uh, mythos and uh, philosophy of, of pulling together things for the greater good. You know, I was wondering how 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 have you guys changed over the years? What would you say would be one of the biggest events that took it? Wow, that's a fantastic question. Um, You know, when the game first started out, it actually was uh, pay. And so I think it was a 10 or $20 a month payment uh, to it. Yeah, I started when when the game was released. I started uh, playing it on release. I'm trying to remember it was monthly. and I want to say 15 because I was playing World of Warcraft at the time and had been playing that for probably four years or so. And I I remember thinking, and it's similar in price. I remember thinking at the time, well, might as well do Star Trek online because it's about the same as, as WoW. And I was looking to leave that game anyway. So it was going to be kind of even. So yeah, I I think right is around the 15. I would say the big change happened when it became free. Well, first, when people were paying, there was a kind of a slower rollout to content for for a while. There was there was a period enthusiastically referred to in a meta reference as the year of hell, where there wasn't <laughs> a lot of stuff that was happening in the game. We had a few featured episodes. Episodes are, are named for missions. And then it kind of didn't come out for a while. I'd say when the game became free. And the kind of the economy of the game changed from paying each month to play the, playing the game to spending real world money to buy ships or starter packs or um, lock boxes. That kind of opened up and changed the economy and made things um, a lot more accessible to people. People were coming into the game free. You could very easily come into the game free, get the free equipment in the game and still level up and win. But it became a lot more active and people became a lot more involved when they, when they uh, started involving new, uh, new ways of, of, of utilizing the economy for the game. I went lifetime not long after the release. I, I want to say oh, I wow. probably, it, yeah, well, maybe it was about a year. I mean, it's, it's all, you know, all, all relative. I believe it was about a year I went lifetime because I was playing often and I thought, this is a game I will probably stay with long term. And just in doing the math, let's see, the lifetime was and still is around the 300. Yeah, $300. And so I was thinking, all right, so at, let's say $15 a month, at what point does it pay for itself? And uh, yeah, I don't have my calculator in front of me, maybe a couple years or whatever. And I, I thought, no big deal. I'm sure I will still be in this. And, uh, of course the game was released in February of 2010 and it just celebrated the nine year and, and I'm still playing. So the, the math ended up working out, but not maybe a month, two months after I bought the lifetime, they did the free to play thing. And I was, I, I was kicking myself thinking, are you kidding me? And <laughs> you still got a lot of good things though. Like you got a rare ship and, uh, there are other perks that have come with a lifetime subscription, even if you're playing free to play. There have been, yes. I don't mind the perks. A lot of ships 
and saving up, <laughs> saving up the the uh, the sea store, uh, you know, to to buy other ships, and which I've done. I've played. I haven't played religiously all the way through for nine years. I probably went about four years, four or five years. Took a couple years off because you're right. You're talking about that that year of hell, and there there had been some dips in the content where it just seemed like there's not much happening. There's not a lot going on. We we had the feature episodes, but it, it got a little dry here and there. Yeah, and I mean that happens a lot. One of the things that um, has happened with me personally as a gamer <laughs> playing the game is I've got really interested in video game design. And I'm really empathetic to what the developers and designers and producers have to go through because you have to create content so frequently. You have to, you know, create ships. It's a business. So you're trying to figure out ways to get money out of people from this free to play aspect. And then also with the IP, um, and I'm sure Pojo Dan can, can talk about this a lot more. You want to have people be able to come to this game, you know, like in my case, uh, after a day of work where, you know, sometimes things aren't going your way or you spend a lot of time on a project and it's not working out. I kind of want to go to something that is reassuring where I'm like, okay, I can spend 15 minutes on something. And not only do I get a really good result, but when I level up, you know, I get this swirling band of energy surrounding me and it makes me feel fantastic, which doesn't happen to me on a day to day basis. <laughs> Well, for uh, my group, it's uh, going logging in and seeing uh, you know messages waiting for someone's written part of the story, and they're waiting on you to input your uh, your character side of it and and further the the current uh, event going on. So yeah, I can I can very much relate with that. And it's more of the more on the writing side there with the with what you do, Pojo Dan. Oh yeah, it's it's all it's all writing and. You know, we've got a few people that have gotten their characters' uh, uh, artwork done of them, but uh, it's it's really is all about just the the storytelling and within the the universe and uh, exploring strange new worlds with our own uh, imaginations. Now, there is a component of Star Trek Online called the Foundry, and this is something that uh, Pojo, when you talk about the, the writing part of it. The, the creation part. Has your group ever looked into the, the foundry side of Star Trek Online? That's where you pretty much write and script and develop your own episode. Um, I'm not familiar with that because I'm not all that familiar with Star Trek Online myself. Some of several of the other characters, so several other people in our group are uh, do play Star Trek Online, so they could probably comment on it. But <clears throat> I mean, we've we're uh, working on season four right now of our oh, of wow. our uh, personal storyline. We have one one of the people in our group is kind of our dedicated episode summary writer. We've got a, in our Wikipedia on our wiki we have. Uh, all of the episodes that have taken place with links to all of the, the threads where each, each event took place. And so, yeah, we, 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 we kind of create our own episodes and stories and worlds. We've got several custom races. So yeah, it's like, yeah, we kind of do that. There have been times where I've come into r slash STO and I've had some questions on some things. I've, I've got some posts in there because after Coming back after one of the uh, you know hiatus that I took, they uh, were going to be coming out with Age of Discovery, and my son and I are big uh, 
Star Trek fans, of course, and we were watching Discovery when that first came out. And I got him hooked on Star Trek Online. Uh, he does really well. And there are a lot of times where we play together. And I told him, okay, well, so Age of Discovery is going to be coming out. And I think it looks really cool. I need to get in and freshen up on missions and, and kind of catch up because there were a lot of expansions that had come out and there were a lot of episodes. So, and I had done, I had already done a lot of them, but I saw how far behind I was because when I was down there, I would be playing my games and he's, you know, he's playing Star Trek online and he'd be talking about the game, you know, ask me, can you help me with my, my loadout, my weapons, you know, what should I put where? And there was this mission he was doing that was centered around the, uh, the sphere builders. And there was also a part where there was some uh, of the uh, Kelvin timeline in there. And I said, hey, what, what's that? What's going on there? You know, there's a, that looks like a pretty cool mission. So it kind of brought me back in and I started sort of playing some more. And that was one of the first things I did was uh, went to the Reddit side of the community and just read up on what was happening and, and what was going on just to kind of get a sense of where's the game at now. I, I kind of in a way, uh, you know, tried to stay engaged with it, had to get brushed up on a few things here and there, but got the, got the lay of the land again, asked some questions in the subreddit, got some good responses. So it, it, it really wasn't, wasn't too bad in regards to the uh, the reception there so i was i was happy with that and saw that there is a uh, a fleet a reddit based fleet in the game it's been great there's been a great community um one of the earlier podcasts that was done um by a group called priority one called stoked they kind of built uh, a fleet uh, that was just based on fans of the podcast and fans of their Twitch stream, and they get together all the time to to do things. So, um, you know, if if you if you have common interests outside of Star Trek, just like uh, in life, uh, general, you can find them in the game and 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 team up with those people as well. Pojo, it, what would you say is in in regards to to your side of it? Uh, you know, there's there's a Reddit component there as well. What kind of community and reception does your side have in regards to people looking for help, looking for more information just on how to do what you're doing? Well, uh, we have links on our sidebar that uh, point people to our Discord channel, and that's kind of our our center for answering questions. Uh, uh, we we make it so that everybody that uh, joins our channel can see the our workshop channel which is where we work on our characters and answer questions and it's uh we always make a point of welcoming everybody that comes that comes and visits and encourage them to answer ask any questions whatsoever and answer them to our best of ability and us mods are there to <laughs> kick out any trolls that show up though thankfully we're small enough that it it's been a long time since anybody's come in trying to be deliberately malicious but you know that's what we're there for but yeah i mean it doesn't matter we've got we've got a lot of 
we have a, a wide variety of people from all walks of life from all around the world. So um, it doesn't matter who you are or what you are or what you want. If you're, if you're into Star Trek and you want to write, come on over and we'll, we'll answer any question you might have regarding what we do. Are you guys based on any, uh, oh, sorry. Uh, are you guys based on any type of um, uh, uh, previously existing kind of system? I know there's a storyteller system that just came out that was popular. Um, uh, and then there have been the older ones as well that were kind of um, existing. Uh, I don't know if anybody else here has, has any, any knowledge of what those were, or is it all just based on, on the paragraphs? Um, if I, my answer to that would be the books, because <laughs> okay. that's kind of, and we, we write in a in third person, kind of like how you'd read in a novel. And that's kind of how we write it is, is, uh, something you'd, you'd see on the pages of a, a book straight from a, a bookstore. Um, we have, uh, tinkered with processes. We've used random number generators for combat scenes and, We've tried to, you know, we've, we've kind of got a, a process down for creating new um, events, new uh, stories, but it, it's really as free form, whatever, just, just write and uh, we'll come up with something as we go. Um, uh, yeah, we don't really have a, a, a specific div, um, process or uh, to it. We just kind of write. Pojo Dan, I have a question for you. As someone who, you know, has always been interested in RP, but maybe doesn't have a lot of time to contribute, or just maybe people who are interested, maybe they play Star Trek online, or they've always thought about role-playing online, what would you say to those people to get them to be recruited to your, you know, your, um, your subreddit there? I'd say that uh, one of the Major advantages of the fact that we use Reddit is the fact that uh, you write when it's convenient to you. Um, most of our stories take weeks at a time because we've got people that have jobs. We've got um, most of our, I mean, our, for example, our the command staff, one of the people is lives in Australia. Another one lives in um, Eastern Europe. Um, and uh, several people in the Americas and Canada. So we are rarely all online at the same time. So um, you, we just write whenever we're able to and um, join in on the Discord server when we can. And if, whenever we have something to say, um, it's put out there and we just have to wait for everybody else to get to it. So it's very, very accessible. And that's one of the reasons why I love it. <laughs> and that's great that you make it accessible to anyone in any area anywhere because you, you just mentioned you have you have a user or users that are in australia which is funny it's a real shame that one of our co-hosts who's going to be with us yasman he's australia and one of the biggest challenges we have is is trying to figure out the, the time zones because he is literally on the other side of the planet and we've had times where uh, you know, even days we, we are on different days. So it's not just, <laughs> it's not just a, you know, a few hours behind, but there, there was smash. I think you were there this night, uh, every week in the star Trek gifts discord, we have 
a, a hangout and we just get on discord and we get in the voice channel and uh, chit chat for a while. And sometimes we'll even do uh, discord has the, uh, it's called a DM group. And that's where you can turn on your webcam if you want, or screen share if you want. Uh, we'll watch Star Trek. I'll play Star Trek episodes, and you would just play video games and just hanging out, you know, doing whatever. So this this one night, uh, we had a podcast plan. We were going to be doing it on. Uh, for me, I'm on the East Coast. It was a Saturday. Uh, oh, geez, well, I think it was going to be like a Saturday, a, a nine or ten p.m. or or something like that. So Friday night, the, we do our hangout. It starts at nine Eastern Standard Time every Friday night. So Friday night, I think it was it was either nine or ten. He jumps in and is like, "Hey, we're all here. Uh, why, why don't we go ahead and do the the, the podcast now?" I said, "What are you talking about? That that's we're doing that Saturday. It's Friday right now." And, <laughs> and he's, oh, boy. yeah, he's oh shit. It, it, it's Friday there? It's, yes. What day is it for you? So it was just this this complete like, oh, you know, I, I had the day wrong and it's the conversion from, uh, you know, Australian time to our time was was completely different. So, yeah, that's that's challenging when you're you're working with people that are either gaming, whether it's, you know, computer gaming on the PlayStation or Xbox with Star Trek online or uh, communicating on, on Reddit, dealing with those time zones can be a challenge. Absolutely. And, uh, and I know for certain that some people that uh, have taken part in our, our group have, have uh, lost interest because of how long it can take for some things to happen. I mean, most of our uh, events do take weeks, sometimes month or two in order to go through a whole, you know, story because we have people from all over and um we, we may only get you know a half a dozen posts in in uh, a week but uh, at the same time that just means that you can just it doesn't matter what time of day we we never talk time scales or anything like that it's just all we ask is that people are active at least once every two weeks and that's about it <laughs> did a lot of this um start from older um uh iterations of the internet uh one of my brothers when he was at college uh used to do a lot of that on um uh like usenet or google groups um or has this just been something that you guys just heard about and just started to institute uh just because reddit is a good place for people to go to as the front page of the internet well the our group was started by two players who are still part of the group uh that uh were as part of uh, Star Wars Dark Times, which is another uh, role-playing group on Reddit that's been around for a long time. And they just decided, you know, hey, there's no Star Trek role-playing group like this out there. Let's make our own. And so they did. And uh, I ended up joining in, I think it was like four or five months after it first got started. And yeah, it's just, it's just gone on from there. And can I ask... Um... One of the things, so like I'll get bored and like space dock, like the main hub for uh, players in the game. And I'll like see somebody who spent a lot of time designing their character and I'll browse their biography. And I see a lot of overarching 
and uh, tropes. I see a lot of people who are like, oh, he's human, but he was raised by Klingons, or his parents were in the Maquis. As someone who has been wow. a fan, <laughs> that happens a ton. Uh, I <laughs> chose probably one of the most obscure episodes, the episode that is probably by many fans called The Worst, and used that as my biography uh, when I first started. Now I think it's just a quote. But um, do you see a lot of people who are like, yeah, I really have an affinity for blank, and I need this to be my, my character? And then somebody else says, I really have an affinity for the same thing. I need that to be my character. Well, um, certainly have our share of peculiar characters. Um, we've got one character that's from the uh, mirror universe. We've got a liberated Borg. We've got, um, uh, yeah, we've, we've got a lot of variety and amongst us. But one of the things that we strive for is a certain amount of does this character fit into the canon? And uh, so whenever we do a, a character creation, when someone uh, puts an application and they're, you know, doing something really weird, we might set, turn them, set them aside and say, Hey, you know, maybe we could drink this a little bit to, you know, fit in a little better with what we're going for here. And, um, you know, we, we certainly always encourage new players to play something, you know, simple but then come up with new ideas we've got a in fact our newest character was a uh a, a, a species that they created that's from the gamma quadrant that's uh they have four eyes and <laughs> it's really wow. quite fascinating so that um, now if i can do one my after speaking wonderfully about the developers and designers of star trek online this is my big bugaboo so i like uh rubber forehead aliens uh, um, whether they're Bajoran or Klingon, one of the mm -hmm. things that Star Trek Online has done, because it's a video game and it's similar to like the Star Trek animated show, is they're not bound by the fact that a human being is going to have to step into this costume and play this character. It can have, you know, anatomy that doesn't make sense and maybe doesn't come from, uh, you know, the preserver seeding the universe. They've created the Iconians and the Zenkethi in the game. The Iconians kind of seem like maybe a mix of like um, six-eyed uh, aliens with uh, Thanos. And uh, the Zenkethi are kind of like the xenomorphs from uh, aliens. And initially, I had a lot of hesitance to that. Again, as I said, as someone who looks at Star Trek as a way that, you know, whenever you meet somebody as different as they are deep down, you know, they're all human. Uh, it's kind of hard for me to kind of look at uh, somebody who looks like a Zerg uh, and, is, and is killing a bunch of people as that. But one of the great things about the Reddit community, they reached out to the designers of the game, uh, a guy whose last name is Ortiz, and were like, you did an amazing job designing this. And so that was a nice way of making me reconsider my my previous notions of what is and isn't Trek because people had a really good uh, appreciation for something that went kind of outside the box. You know, there's, there's even a zone in the game set in uh, the Delta Quadrant where you're fighting the Voth and the Voth's kind of pets are dinosaurs with lasers on their heads. So um, it's nice. Freaking sharks with freaking lasers. <laughs> 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 oh 
how Scott Evil would have fit in wonderfully in the game because he's like, I don't, I don't see. Or I, I would also would have accepted Mr. Burns, the uh, dogs with bees in their mouth. But, um, but yeah, it's uh, it's nice that you know people have found this kind of niche in their in their game. And and the thing that they've they've held on to for so many decades and uh, and and been okay with it. I remember when I was a kid, my nephew came and visit. My brothers gave him static for putting uh, Elmo, his toy Elmo action figure, in a uh, X-wing fighter, and he had to fight and say like, "No, these two things go together." And now I walk around Star Trek Online, and you know, there's somebody who looks like Sailor Moon, and and I'm okay with that. <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, we've, uh, I mean, we've got a lot of humans in our, I mean, I look at our, our uh, current um, cast of characters, and I'd say probably about half of them are human. There's a fair number of Vulcans, there's a couple of half Vulcans, some Andorians, Bajorans, but then we got the odd ones like this, um, the liberated Borg, who is a, actually in a, a, a partial quadruped, kind of a bird looking species i play a character that's uh looks like an otter but they're semi-polymorphic so they can extrude into about eight feet long through small tubes um and uh yeah lots lots of interesting lots of interesting things but it is very trek-like with a lot of humans and human looking characters and uh we welcome the the wild and the weird and we welcome the the forehead aliens too so <laughs> it's it's all, right. all a matter of what's what interests you and what's what uh, what you want to do and we very much encourage everybody to do anything they want yeah, see my my mmo characters are usually pretty bland i i try to make every mmo character look the way i look so and and then I don't spend a lot of time on it. So oh, Big J, really? Just how you? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, well, you can be anything you want. You know, you uh, be like they said, you can be Sailor Moon character. Why not? Variety look, is the spice of life, Big J. You're right, and I, I wish I had more variety and and creativity. Uh, I'll have to take some something out of uh, uh, Pojo Dan's page and maybe try to be a little more creative. And uh, he he's actually going to be moving uh, into that creativity and has a has a busy schedule uh, right now. Pojo Dan, thanks for stopping by with us. Uh, we're going to uh, you know continue on here for a little bit, talk about Star Trek Online. But uh, for those of you listening, uh, I'm sure Pojo Dan will be back with us uh, next month. We are planning on doing a, a full dive into the Trek role playing community. Well, thank you very much for having me. It was, it was, uh, I just came as a, a pleasant surprise this morning and I'm, I'm glad you had me. And, uh, it was great getting to talk about, uh, the thing that I love, which is our little role playing group and anybody that, uh, wants to drop by, we very much, uh, welcome you to come by and have a look. Thank you so much. Yes. It's so nice, you know, getting to know the community and I'm looking forward to next month. Yes, I am too. Have a good have a good evening, everybody. Too. Um, I just to step back a second. I like you thought like when I first started, like oh, have a character that looks like me. But um, <laughs> it's so boring, have, isn't it? Well, the other thing is too is there's kind of a danger of um, 
escapism with that. I don't know if you ever saw or if big fans of the TV show The Office, yes. where uh, Dwight has a second life character that is just like him. He wears the exact same clothes. He's a paper salesman, and, and it's like <laughs> it's like why are you in Second Life if that's exactly who you want to be? And you know, in my day to day life, you know, I do try. I do exert a lot of you know, working in collaborative spaces, trying to, to find a middle ground like Picard to fix things. But sometimes, you know, after creating like my second and third character, I was like, no, I just want to have a uh, a Viking biker samurai uh, Orion or wow. a, 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 a plucky terrorist freedom fighter Romulan. And so now as I've kept going, I make a point of trying to create characters that are as far away from me Um in background or look or appearance and it's been nice and then to you know your first question it's it's it sometimes works when i first started the romulan expansion my romulan character was a woman loosely based on um katniss from the hunger games and so many people would walk up to me and be like hey do you want to join our fleet do you need help do you need this oh boy yeah (laughs) so here's the thing and and smash this this goes back into what i was telling you before that you would have it easy playing this uh-huh. game it's it's when you even go so far as to uh, having an avatar that is uh that is a female because you know by that by that uh, any avatar could be anybody but there's just kind of this default thing when you see that avatar uh you know and, and jr um, you have opened up yourself to getting all the energy <laughs> credits you want all the fleet invites you want i'm sure you probably got to send a dick pic or two no, what actually ended up happening more than anything else in, in an odd inverse is a lot of women wanted to team with me because they were tired of having men uh, team up with them. Oh, absolutely. So I leveled so quickly with that character. I mean, actually, I should look her up. Um, there was a lady who was like, yeah, I just want to do this because it's nice playing with another girl. And I didn't bother to correct her. I was just like, I need those experience points. So I will do this. Um, right, was, right. Exactly. Was, oh, was, so you should. Own- it was my own private tootsie with Dustin Hoffman. I uh, I empathize so much for this being a jerk. Oh, you were no. Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> oh, Jr. No. Well, you got to do what you got to do, right? So, no, I mean, no. The other thing is too is 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 to that point. Like sometimes people are just rude in the game. Like I, the other thing that happened outside of sexism and gender issues is a lot of people sit because again, like there's. I think there's 70 missions and you get to level 60 and then there's some reputations you play to get equipment. But then, you know, you can be done playing this game if you play every night in two, maybe three months. And then you've still invested a lot of time in the community and it's become part of your habit. You still want to play. And so people go on in the chat room and they'll just start the most obnoxious conversations. And uh, I was actually telling a friend who I, I, I turned the game on to, like, I'll see a lot of people name their uh, ships after prominent politicians. There's a guy who made his character look just like Kim Jong-un for some reason. And mm. people will have conversations about what's going on in the world in not the most diplomatic or reasonable way possible. So you've got to kind of navigate around kind of the insanity in this place that you've gone to to escape the insanity of the daily news, if that makes any sense. It definitely does. It sounds like it's just any other online community where there's some toxicity, certain places got to try to avoid it. Yeah, there, there, there is, uh, there is some of that, but there's also, 
and I think this goes to the uh, uh, Star Trek Online, the the subreddit. Uh, the credit is that I'm looking at a lot of a lot of posts here from different users, and it's not just a bunch of uh, memes or or shit posting or or things like that. There are uh, some really good thought out posts, and the one that I'm looking at here is, uh, the, the, and this was a few days ago. And and Jr. Before we got started today, you were kind of talking about the the mood of the of the community in regards to some issues that have been going on, which uh, I, I think this, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, I think this goes into that. This is by a user called Sizer714. And the title of his post is, Dear Cryptic, We Need to Chat. Yeah. And I'm, I'm reading through this and it's, it's very, uh, I, I, and I, I agree with a lot of the things that that he's saying and one of the things that jumped out here um he said he's he's sad he's sad because the anniversary pack for this year is an enormous drop in value from the fantastic vanguard pack and i i remember thinking there have been some good anniversary just you know ships packs or, or whatever and this is not the first time i've heard the talk about a disappointment in in uh, this ninth year and the ninth year anniversary in this this thread. Uh, if, if you look at it, there's a lot of of well thought out responses here, uh, especially the the top the top comment in that thread from uh, redditor Thon of Andoria. Yeah, I feel like I know that name a lot. He's probably responded to my thing. Yeah, there are, there's some really thoughtful people there who know. Um, Kind of how to express their displeasure at something without coming across as whiny, and I, and I use that pejorative in the best possible sense. I listen to your guys's Discovery episode, and there are people who complain about the tone of that show, but they're like, oh, "I'm going to still keep watching." You know, we've had people. Um, I I generally not I generally try not to get too disappointed in the free things that the game is giving me because they're still free. Uh, I definitely, I definitely realize that you're still putting work into, you know, doing these two week daily quests to get them. But I do think that there are people, um, there was a guy or actually someone, sorry, forgive me, who was go, who had just gone through gender reassignment surgery, who had some criticisms about the fact that you can't change the gender of your character later. Um, they had a really good and really thoughtful post. There was someone last year who posted about the hesitation of certain writers that the game brings on. The game looks for more video game based writers instead of short story writers or even marketing writers. Um, and, you know, I, I have had criticisms with the game in the past and I've had suggestions in the game in the past, but you know, we uh, we have a really good um, community uh, outreach person uh, for the game, um, and he did a good uh, stream earlier this week that was, you know, it was a gut punch. You know, we lost the foundry, the ability to cr- for players to create missions, write their own scripts, write their own episodes, and then have people play them. And that's being oh. taken away. Yeah, that's being taken away in a few weeks. And he came on and was like, hey, I know, you know, we fought for this. And was really despondent about things and really disappointed, admittedly, to to himself. Um, 
And so sometimes that's nice. Like I understand there's going to be, you know, I just put in a ticket this week where I won, won something for free and it still hasn't shown up in my inbox, but I'm not going on and just like, you know, yelling or doxing people. I don't know how to dox anybody if that matters. Um, <laughs> but, oh, that's good. Uh, uh, but like, you know, it's, it's about knowing how to express your frustration sometimes. And I'm not going to say, I'm not going to paint a broad generalization, but there have been a couple instances where I'm just like, Hey, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have said that in that way. But more often than not, I think people post like, like you say, like they're writing a letter to somebody and they're just saying what happens. Um, I always say the internet should be like, you know, consider the internet your own personal newspaper where whatever you say is going to be put on the front page. And I remember that post and I'd be okay with that post being an op-ed saying, hey, I spend a lot of time on this game and the quality of what I'm getting is coming out, is not coming, you know, is not meeting past expectations. I'd be okay with reading that, you know, uh, in an op-ed section. So it's like, I, like, you know, you probably know more about Reddit than me. It's all about trying to be respectful and that up button's about being agreeable even when you're being disagreeable. And I think posts like that kind of fit that mantra. Well, and there are a, a, lot, of, a lot of posts here on the in the reddit community side for the, the for the game and i i have to admit i'm a little bit out of the loop uh i've been stuck on monster hunter world for oh. like the last several weeks i i can't get away from it i try and i know that i need to get caught up on sto because um apparently there's a new uh ground-based uh task force operation on pavo yeah that's been pretty fun that's been pretty fun uh it's and repetitive, I need to but do yeah, that. fun yeah um and that goes to actually another point i don't know if you want to talk about um one of the things that happened to the game uh, and smash brought up earlier how has the game changed where you know for a year or for an expansion in the past the game would be focused on certain areas like uh rebuilding romulus after the events of the jj trek film or um uh, there was a, a, a year done with uh, with Voyager and then another one with Deep Space Nine, which I remember a post on Reddit by one of the community people saying that was going to be the big focus for the next three years was uh, they redesigned Deep, Deep Space Nine, made it look much better. And we're going to have a lot of, um, of, uh, of, of content based in that area. And then Discovery came out. I don't know if this is new, and I, again, I have no idea what the inner workings were, but now for the last almost year, I'd say a lot of the game has been discovery focused, where you can create a discovery character. There was a mirror universe event. There was a, um, a Starbase One attack, and then this episode built on, uh, based on Pavo, where uh, Saru goes. Um, and I don't know how I feel about that. One of the things that's great about the game is that you're dealing with a franchise that has had, you know, what is it, 12 movies and five different franchises and about 700 hours worth of content. And the game has done fantastic things where they'll take like one, you know, snippet of a line, you know, in the alien abduction episode of Enterprise or uh, of TNG, and they've made an entire, uh, you know, mission arc about it and now it seems like they're playing catch up where they're trying to figure out what was done in last year's discovery and kind of making it fit and i don't know if it seems as thought out or as well done um as past things but again with all that being said i've i've still played it 
Smash, look at all the drama you're missing by not playing this game. <laughs> I know. It sounds interesting. You know, speaking, kind of getting away from drama, since I know we touched about it here, I did want to mention when it comes to Reddit and SDO, what I do notice all the time is the artwork that comes out of there. I see your guys' screenshots and just, you know, art that you guys create. Um, there's a post I just scrolled past here that was where they 3D printed the ships. Wish I had yes. it back so I can tell you. There's that a you company. Oh my gosh, I can't remember the name of them. Um, Is it Eagle Moss? I think so. Where if you go into the game, you can customize your ship in so many different ways, so many different colors and whatever. And you can hit 3D print and it saves that file and you can send it to a company and have a version of your ship uh, sent to you. And some people love them. They'll put them on their desk and whatever. Um, I haven't done that. Although um, it's not for lack of thinking about it. Um, and then in addition to the artwork, there's a guy. Oh, my gosh. Maybe if I find this in After Now, we can put this in the notes for the podcast. But he has a comic strip that he makes for his character in the game. Uh, this little Tellarite. And uh, it's just amazing. It's funny. It's, it's based on like all the little missions you send your character on and the things he does in between uh, these missions. And then there are even like, you know, glitches. There, um, there's one glitch in the game where um, you'll be on a mission and the mission giver will constantly remind or check back in asking you how it's going. And somebody uh, took a uh, uh, that screenshot and replaced the mission giver's head with Leslie Nielsen from Airplane uh, saying, I just oh, want to wow. tell you both, good luck. We're all counting on you. So, oh, my God. Um, hey, genius. We, <laughs> great. We all spend a lot. I, I think I probably got this interview request because I like taking screenshots and just nonsense you know, sensically taking them out of context and decontextualizing them based on what's what's happening in the game. Right. R slash STO is one of the largest Trek subs on Reddit. So there's a lot of content there and your community is passionate about what they do. They upload daily. Um, they constantly posting what they think and, you know, how they feel things can improve. I think that's fantastic. The passion for the community, especially after nine years. Yeah, and I and again, I do want to say a lot of it goes to the developers who are on there listening. Um, you know, on that gender reassignment issue, a guy uh, or someone who had gone through that posted that they uh, were sympathetic based on their own personal experiences. Um, when the foundry went down, people were there, and so I don't know. You know, outside of conventions, if other Reddit whether it's about a particular show or films or whatever, are getting that kind of uh, dialogue with the people involved in the creation um, and other and other Reddits about it as if it were a sermon or a, a college course. And the episodes in the game are like that as well. From the tutorial on, I think about each one, um, you know, could take about, uh, you know, a half hour at most each night to do. And then, like I said, after about three months, you've played all of those. A half hour, really not too bad for the episodes in this game. JR, thank you for joining us today. 
Yeah, no, thanks so much. And if anybody's interested, feel free to DM me and maybe we can meet up in the game. And uh, like I said, I really hope the game grows, you know, as the as the uh, Trek property is expanding with Discovery and the Picard show and possible Section 31 and hopefully this Quentin Tarantino film, which uh, I'm going to camp out for when it comes out. Um, nice. It would be nice to... <laughs> it would be nice to uh, I mean, just how amazing does that sound? It would be nice to have more people involved and be able to continue the the kind of thought process that the show has put us in. More Star Trek content. Pretty excited about that. I'm also excited about our next guest, Ambassador Kale. So Ambassador Kale, and it's pronounced Ambassador Kel, uh, as in Kel. as in Michael. Uh, so tell me what you do with the Reddit community and with Star Trek Online. Well, I'm the community manager for Star Trek Online, um, which means that um, uh, a, the, probably the biggest part of my job is interacting with the community who plays Star Trek Online. Um, there's uh, a bunch of different places where they congregate. Uh, you know, there's the, our official forums, there's Twitter, there's Facebook, um, and then there's the official Star Trek Online Reddit, uh, which is slash r slash STO. There's the STO Builds subreddit, which is STO Builds. Um, and, you know, sort of my job is to hang out at all those places. Uh, at least one of my jobs is to hang out at all those places where people uh, gather and talk about the game and uh, listen to their feedback, um, you know, provide clarification where we need, uh, pass on their feedback to the higher ups if, if need be, um, uh, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, that's uh, a, a big part of my job. Uh, and so I end up interacting with the Reddit community a lot because, uh, frankly, it's easier to parse information on Reddit than it pretty much is anywhere else. <laughs> 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 we try to make things easy for you. Yeah, it's nice. <laughs> now, I, I, I love having an upvote and downvoting system. I wish I could implement it on the forums. <laughs> <laughs> you, well, you know, it's it's great. I have gone to other forums, uh, whether it's uh, Facebook or in Discord, and you kind of get that very temporary, like, okay, wait a minute, am I going to get downvoted for saying this? And then, oh, well, I'm not on Reddit. I can say whatever <laughs> I want. <laughs> no one can stop me i am invincible <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's how it feels if you need a break from that yeah. so now you became the uh, community manager it looks like in november of 2016 is that right that is correct uh, and i'm curious where you, what you googled to find that but yes 20 november of 2016 was my uh, my start date <laughs> it's it, really it's some a uh, little bit of reddit foo i like to call it <laughs> uh, if you go to the uh, r slash sto uh -huh. and you go to the search if you do a search uh by author say for example you want to see all the posts by a particular person uh, you would do author semicolon their name and, uh, and and hit enter and what it will do is it will show you all the posts for that user in the sub and uh, basically what i did was i sorted it by uh new uh links from all time and just scrolled and hit page over until i got to the very uh, last one the very last one which would be your your first post which so, makes sense and yeah. now i'm curious what my first post was on that on the reddit i'm gonna look it up while you can while you while we keep talking <laughs> and, and, right right introductory uh, just, oh, just basically <laughs> uh yeah if you're looking for the title hey guys new community manager checking in <laughs> so I, i've taught you something so now you can you can look at other uh, 
you know, search for their users, look at their posts and, uh, oh, and yeah. everything else. I can, I can virtually stalk whoever I want. You, you, can. you can. And I can't, I won't tell you how long I had been on Reddit before <laughs> I discovered you could search like that. Yeah, by author, title, on all kinds of things. So, yeah. Uh, so now, so you've been on on Reddit for for a couple of years uh, playing the game, and I've I've. Uh, how long have you been involved with uh, with Star Trek Online? How long have you played? Um, so I played a little bit at launch, which was nine years ago, and then um, uh, I kind of fell off the map with it, um, and then uh, pretty much came back when I got the job. Uh, I freely admit that I did not play a ton of Star Trek Online um, before two years ago, but I've been playing it pretty constantly for the past two years. And um, while I don't have a handle of every math number and intricacy of it, I think I understand it pretty well at this point. <laughs> So you've been playing since launch, and uh, that's something we have in common. I started playing when the game launched. Oh, nice. Um, was was really looking for something to get me away from World of Warcraft, uh, which I, I mentioned earlier in our show. That game, it was just too addicting. Yep. Uh, found myself spending... It, it is. I found myself spending too much time with it, uh, revolving my life around raid nights, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> And then so Star Trek Online came around and I thought, well, this will be a pretty good departure to get away from. And it was tricky because at the time, Star Trek Online didn't have uh, the, the kind of mechanics that you're used to if you're coming from other MMOs in regards to the the raids there were a lot of habits to draw from other mmos and there's a lot of polish that the game kind of needed at, at the time yeah i'd say that's that's definitely true <laughs> things have, I stay have with it well i appreciate that yeah things have um you know improved a lot uh over the last nine years um and uh you know our game is uh, almost a decade old at this point, but I feel like we're putting out some of the best content we ever have in the, uh, the past, you know, two or three years. Uh, it's really, excuse me, it's really, really cool. Some of the stories we've gotten to tell, um, <coughs> especially now that we're uh, we're linked up with a, a, a actually airing Star Trek TV show for the first time. Um, the, the partnerships we've been able to do with CBS and stuff have been really, really cool. Well, and that's got to be big for star trek online right now and, and especially on reddit because for the first time uh, i'm drawing a blank right at the moment but uh, i don't believe there was any star trek on tv the closest would have been enterprise but reddit was launched uh so i'm going to i'm gonna have to uh, to google oh, yeah. that um uh, let's see Looks like 2009. That doesn't that doesn't sound right. Uh, just doing a, doing a qu quick read here. Uh, here it is. Founded in 2005. So I don't know where I just saw 2009 there. So 2005, <laughs> and I believe Enterprise had just been canceled. Uh, so really, Star Trek Discovery and Star Trek Online would be the first of the uh, uh, ongoing content if you don't count the. Uh, the Kelvin timeline movies that Reddit's been exposed to. And I've, I've, I've got to tell you, it's pretty interesting being on this forum with uh, uh, an ongoing game and an ongoing show. And you guys have taken those two things and try to put them together uh, with Age of Discovery. 
Yeah, and it's been really, really interesting. Um, I think as I've mentioned in uh, a bunch of interviews before, you know, we've been uh, working really closely with CBS, um, closer than we ever have before in the life of the game. Um, and you know, sometimes that works out too. Uh, you know, we get our hands on some things uh, before people get to see them. Sometimes we learn about things that happen in the show uh, as they happen in the show. Uh, and so it's kind of an interesting, you know, timeline thing. Um, a lot of people have been pointing out. Uh, uh, recently that we we're spending a lot of time on stuff from discovery season one. And that's because that's the stuff we have, you know, the most information on <laughs> and can do content from. Correct. Uh, the most reliably. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's, you know, it's, uh, but it's cool. It's like, there's a lot of cool stuff. Our villain um, for uh our very first discovery arc age of discovery and uh soon to return uh, Jula as um, a character who, um, was given to us by CBS. We had sort of said, oh, we're going to use, you know, a a Klingon female villain, and we haven't worked her out yet. And uh, Jula, who is um, Takuma's sister, uh, had appeared previously in the uh, IDW comics. And so CBS was like, well, do you want to just use her? And so then we've got this established character who's been used over, who was created in a different medium and now is continuing on in our game. And I think it's really, really cool. It's, it's a kind of synergy that we haven't had access to before, and I'm really enjoying it. So when it comes to using the, the characters like that, I, I know there's probably a, a lot that you have to do with CBS on that. And I'm glad it, it sounds like they're being pretty open about that. And it, it's nice to hear where that character came from because I did play that arc and uh, just thought this character seemed kind of made up. But then honestly, I, I haven't kept up with uh, all the different mediums of, of Star Trek, the books, comics and things like that. Yeah. So that's, there's, there's that's a ton out cool. there. <laughs> they're, they're almost too much. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Right. Uh, although less now it's one of those things that companies now are kind of, um, you know, you see it with uh, that other star franchise that we shall not name. Uh, too. <laughs> uh, you know, people not on my uh, podcast, right. <laughs> Uh, companies are really kind of uh, zeroing in now. I think in the 90s and 2000s, the idea was just, uh, just to prove that story, you know, put it out there, uh, which is how you end up with uh, Star Trek novels that, you know, disagree on whether Deep Space Nine was blown up or not. Uh, wow. But, um, but uh, now everybody's trying to keep things kind of tight and there are people trying to make sure the storylines all match through all the mediums, which is great because it makes us a little bit more official. Uh, at least until the Picard show, you know, makes us non-canon. <laughs> and that that's tough. And, it, you know, it, it's great that Star Trek Online has extended and, and given us what we've wanted to see in regards to a, a post-nemesis timeline. And I think it's great that we're getting another Star Trek show that takes place in that, in that time frame. But... Uh, well, for for all intents and purposes, from what I believe I've been hearing in regards to the Picard show is that it starts right around 2400. Uh, Star Trek Online yep. starts in 2409. But you, you can guarantee, of, of course, they're going to do what they want. They could completely yep. jettison anything. Everything. <laughs> and they did ask us for a bunch of information. We didn't know uh, what it was for at first. But uh, when we first started working with them, they said, hey, can you... Uh, uh, jump in and, you know, can you send us a bunch of stuff on your setting and the sh types of ships that are used and the powers those ships have? Um, and, uh, you know, we sent them a lot of stuff. Um, uh, so, uh, but obviously it's up to them and to the writer's room and uh, to, you know, the, the really talented group of people they've gotten together. Uh, 
what they want to use from that. And we hope they'll use some of it. Um, and we have contingency plans in place, kind of, uh, if, you know, they, they erase all of us. Uh, what, we'll right. see what happens. <laughs> I'm still really excited to see the show. I'm, I'm really curious to see what they do with it. And I'm I'm pretty excited too. I I really can't wait. It's going to be uh, good. And it sounds like they might be treating this show maybe as a prequel to Star Trek Online. I mean, that would be nice. I think uh, the priority of the people there is making the best TV show they can, not necessarily report uh, promoting our game. But it would be cool. That that would be. I, I hope they do that uh, from all the yeah. info that they that they took. Now, tell me about this. That I'm going to bring in a, a Reddit post that was done from uh, one of our guests on this podcast, uh, a user JRTD seven five three, another regular user on Star Trek Online. This was the title of his post. Uh, we talked about this a little bit earlier. I like personal endeavors. But could we have more non-combat options like the diplomatic mm. missions, tour the galaxy, DOF slash BOF recruitment and cluster exploration? Yeah. And I've, I've got to tell you, from from what I've played and I've, I've been playing on and off pretty much since launch, I went four years strong, took a couple years off, came back, left, came back, mm. uh, came back when uh, Age of Discovery was announced because I need to get caught up on. Uh, victory is life and and pretty much get caught up on the missions but there's a good sentiment there that it's a lot of of combat not that i mind but i've heard that more than once that uh this game is very combat focused does anyone remember when we used to be explorers (laughs) (laughs) Uh, you know um, it's funny that was the exact image caption that he used in that post that before you haven't seen that post and you you picked out every day (laughs) you picked picked out precisely the image he used to accentuate that post Pretty much that that's become a, a bit of a meme uh, among our community because that quote gets used all of the time um, and we understand. Um, so, uh, you know, one of the things that's um, difficult is that the game has uh, it has kind of a flow to it. Um, you know, it's it's it has what people expect. Um, a lot of our our power players really go into the game to get the best gear and gear up the ship the best and then you know take it into combat um we have attempted and i think succeeded in telling more uh stories that were more exploratory um the mission um oh god what's it called it's not sunrise um it's the uh first um lucari mission in agents of yesterday artifacts uh and my brain is blanked on it right now oh i uh, i know i know what you're talking yeah. about um but that we've done that in the past um the exploration system that we used to have the procedurally generated one um we had to take out cuz there were just too many issues with it uh that's but, the foundry uh no not the foundry um the foundry is a different thing entirely yeah i want to talk about the, that more exploration uh, was uh, years and years ago before my time that it got taken out. Um, but from what I've heard, it was just it, what didn't live up to what it should have been. Um, and they, I know what you're talking about now. Yes, yeah. it, it, I think it was like r- randomly pr- uh, procedurally yeah. generated. Okay, yeah, and it was still it was yeah. more as I understand it. It was kind of like uh, you know 
you, it, instead of being randomly generated like you know exploration, it was more drop on this planet and kill these random enemies, um, which is a yes, really exploration system. Yeah, uh, and so we we've talked about how to do exploration systems and more things like that. Um, I think it's come up uh, at every planning meeting we've ever had about you know how can we do this, um, but mm-hmm. uh, the priority is always going to be getting more gameplay in front of the players um, as quickly as humanly possible. And I think, uh, you know, so that people can have more content to play. Um, and I think we want to get exploration back in the game in a, in a big way someday. I don't know that we're going to have it uh, right away um, or anytime soon. Um, just for those, just for those reasons, I think the, um, you know, what our, sh- our storylines do um because we don't have you know 26 episodes a season the way an ep- a season of star trek would have back in the day or 13 the way discovery has now you know we'll have um you know somewhere between uh 10 to 12 story missions a year i think um and mm-hmm. uh we tend to do because we have that limitation our stories tend to be you know, the big like season enders or like the, you know, mid season finale kind of thing where everything goes wrong and you have to fight the bad guy um, as opposed to the nice, quiet, you know, inner light missions that we all wish we could do. Right. Uh, so it, it's, it's something we hope to get more of in someday, but um, that's just kind of a reality of the game design. I don't mind the combat personally. I, I like all the other uh, side stuff. Uh, you know, combat is, is kind of my thing. I like the, uh, the format of these episodes. It, it really feels like you're, um, you know, doing a mini episode of, of the show. And I really like how they've, uh, or how, how you guys have taken, taken threads of other storylines and really flushed them out, uh, completely. One of the ones that I really enjoyed was getting more on the little, uh, little alien thing that was in season one of next generation conspiracy yeah yeah one of the, the the best things about you know the way we do this game is that we can take stuff like that um or like the zen kathy who are mentioned you know twice uh in kind of throwaway comments um and mm-hmm. bring them in for big long arcs and fill them out um uh you know the balance is always you don't want to seem like the people who are picking up the uh the scraps and the side stories you want to make everything that comes in feel important and that's kind of what we try and do um with our with our stories and with the parts of trek lore that we mine to tell things and i think it's it's a good balance that you have there and now one of the things that i'm definitely want to uh, to uh, get on now that i honestly did not know this was happening but i i saw the posts about it on reddit so we're losing the foundry yes <sighs> what what uh nda did you have to sign to not talk about the foundry i i want to let's let's get into that one <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, haven't signed, I haven't signed anything to not talk about the foundry um we didn't talk about it for several months and uh uh, you know, um, we knew this was coming, but couldn't talk about it until the actual announcement happened, which was uh, probably the worst part of my job in the last two years, um, because the Foundry has the best community I think I've ever seen. Um, like just the people who are Foundry authors are some of the kindest, most generous, hardest working 
just really, really lovely, lovely people who have built up this great community on Star Trek Online. And there was a very long fight um, internally to try and mm-hmm. save the foundry. Uh, everybody, our parent company, PWE, um, our CEO, our, um, you know, everyone on the Star Trek Online and Neverwinter teams uh, were working as hard as they could to try and find a way that we could make keeping the foundry work. And the unfortunate reality of the situation is the way it was set up, the way the foundry was originally set up, um, you know, I think uh, seven or eight years ago when it was built, um, just isn't tenable with the way our games work today. There's the people who built it, um, I think made some choices that made a lot of sense at the time and now I uh, don't make as much sense. And so it would, what would happen is every time we would update the game, the foundry would break. And then, uh, you know, one of our engineers would have to spend a week or two weeks or three weeks uh, digging into the code to try and figure out what had gone wrong this time and how they could fix it. Uh, and those were weeks that they were not spending creating you know, new systems to make life easier in all of our games or uh, working on new technology for our upcoming game. Uh, and it just grew to be too much. Um, and it's really unfortunate because the Foundry is a system that was letting our players tell amazing stories. Um, I mean, if you haven't uh, had a chance to play uh, any of our spotlight missions before April 11th, please, please go and play them uh, because they're all, I mean, just fantastic. And there's so many missions we didn't get the chance to spotlight uh, before, um, you know, everything went down because uh, there's so many talented authors telling amazing stories that over the course of, you know, five or six years. Um, and I think there's a lot of them writers. now... Yeah, they're really good writers. Um, uh, Duncan Idaho, who um, is uh, one of my favorite users, uh, did a mission um, called AEI that uh, has a whole romantic subplot running through it, um, which is something we've never done in our missions that uh, lands really, really well. Um, You know, uh, uh, there's a mission called In the Shadow of Midas. That's a three-part mission. that the third part still hasn't come out, and I hope it does before April 11th. But um, Duncan Idaho, okay, yeah, from yeah, from yeah. Dune. Yeah, 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 that's where he got his name from. Uh, and then I think that's um, great. I can't remember who did In the Shadow of Midas, um, but uh, I think it's XR three seven seven, maybe. But I could be wrong on that. I apologize if I am. Uh, but anyway, his mission. Um, I, I love, fell in love with what this little alien girl that you rescue on the mission so much that I uh, remade her as one of my bridge officers for my Federation character. Oh, wow. Uh, so, like, it's the foundry is deeply, deeply near and dear to our hearts. And I think, you know, I, I held a stream on the same day that we announced the foundry closure uh, where everybody kind of said, you know, Kel seems defeated and like it's, it's, he's, it looks like he's getting emotional about this. And I was, and we all were. I think it's, people were as sad about it here as they were um, as the fans who were upset about it as well. And if there was a way to do it, if there was a way to save it, we would have, I mean, I had a, I had a long talk on that Monday after the stream with our um, uh, executive producer, Andre Emerson. And one of the things he, he just kind of sadly looked at me and said, you know, I wish we could have saved it. Um, And we all, tried uh there just wasn't a way 
it, it sounded like it was just there, there were there was too much that needed to be done with it to to keep it going, especially if it broke. And and you're right. Yeah. You, you would like to focus your resources on uh, on the new stuff, you, you know, creating that that new content uh, instead of diverting resources to fix something that that keeps breaking. But that that is a shame. And I will uh, really like to try to get in and check out some of those before they're there's, gone. There's some really good missions uh, that you should you should try and play in there. I mean, yeah, like I said, there's just some really, really talented, really good writers who made some crazy, amazing things. Now, how how closely in, in regards to the input on Reddit, and I, I know this is going to be kind of a loaded question, and sure. I, I, I think it's, it's great that CBS even cares enough to have a community manager engaged with. <laughs> Just, uh, to, uh, to be clear, I don't work. I work for Cryptic Studios, not CBS. CBS licenses. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, yes, yes. I, I got. Yeah. I, I know it's Cryptic Studios. <laughs> I'm. I'm thinking. Okay. Well, yeah. I kind of. I know a lot of people uh, make that make that mistake too, and I just want to correct it because I don't work for or speak for CBS, and I, I wouldn't want to get attributed with that. <laughs> <laughs> Don't put that on you. Uh, yes, yes. So I, I, I do apologize with, with Cryptic. So in regards to the, the Reddit community, uh, what, what was the, the part that told Cryptic we need to engage with an online community? And can you tell me why that one was was picked was just by virtue of well it's the either the most or the only subreddit that is dedicated to star trek online or if there were several at the time it's the one that won and got the most subscribers so i don't know exactly because we were engaging with reddit before i got here um there was uh mm -hmm. there have been i think four or five different uh, really talented and amazing community managers before me. Uh, previously to me um, was a woman named Morgan who goes by Laughing Trendly, Trendy, who was uh, just fantastic. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, I think, um, but I think, you know, like I said at the beginning of the interview, my job is to um, get the temperature from, hang out in, check out all of the community spaces we have. Um, and Reddit is just one of them. Um, and I think it's a very important one. And I think one of the things that's really nice about it, like I said, is um, it's easier to parse information because of the up-to-vote, down-vote system. You know, if something is on the top of the front page of our subreddit, uh, it means that enough people have clicked that upvote arrow that we know uh, it's important. If it's on the top of our forums, it just means that somebody commented on it recently. Uh, and so then you have to actually go through the thread and see you know, what the, what the thoughts are. And, you know, so I think one of the reasons that a lot of the developers head to Reddit more than else is because it's very easy to see right at the top, what people are talking about. Mm. Um, uh, you know, it's easier um, to parse what the, what the hot topics are exactly. and what people are looking for. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's a good way of putting it. And, and you're right because it, it would seem that now not, not every, good question or every quality post makes it uh, because there are a lot of factors that can go into if, if something that's genuine makes it or not. But you're right. When it comes to a, a system that's going to have a chance of judging what seems to be important or what seems to be what everyone is talking about, it's really about as, uh, as good a system as any. And 
Um, there, there have been times where I've come to the subreddit to ask questions yeah. uh, myself just in, in playing the game because I wanted to update myself just on <laughs> some, some builds, ships, things yeah. like that. I've, I've got the lifetime subscription, uh, <laughs> oh, which is, yeah, that, that's good. A <laughs> lot, lot, of, lot of good perks there. And I, I got the lifetime not long after the game launched yeah. uh, because it, at the time it was, if, if we recall around $15 a month uh, is what we, the figure we came up with, or, or at least guessed on earlier in the, in the podcast. And I just remember thinking, well, the lifetime will pay for itself in X number of months or whatnot. And I'm sure I'm going to stay with it, which I did now for, for nine years. So uh, I've, I've come to come to Reddit to get that input, you know, you know that, that info and that input. And not that I'm looking to, get something that's up to the top is just mainly this seems to be a good place to ask the question and, and to get that information. Yeah. So it is a good resource to go to. And uh, I really like how cryptic cares enough about it to use that as a resource. And it, it seems like some of that input does carry over and that you, that you do work with the, uh, the moderators and the community. Yeah. I mean, I had a funny one this morning where um, I sent a bug that I saw on Twitter over to QA uh, and our QA lead responded immediately, like, "Oh, yeah, I saw that. On the, I saw that on Reddit an hour ago. I already sent it to somebody to look at." <laughs> so, like, <laughs> you know, it's it's it, thankfully it's not just me because I don't think I could parse all of it myself on all the different um, places. But yeah, I think oh, this is uh, one of the most engaged teams with their community. I think part probably because almost everybody who works on the game now. Um, is somebody who came into it through playing Star Trek online and just really deeply cares about the game and, uh, and Star Trek is an IP. Uh, and so we have a lot of people who are uh, very excited to be doing the jobs they're doing and really want to make Star Trek fans happy, uh, which works out really well. Now, do you have a favorite ship? I do. Um, the, my favorite ship ever is the, uh, the original uh, well, I guess I can't say original. The um, Star Trek Three era uh, Klingon Bird of Prey. Um, so the mm -hmm. one that they they uh, stole for um, Voyage Home, which is Star Trek Four, actually, but mm -hmm. they, they stole it in Search for Spock. Um, and yes. uh, that's my favorite Star Trek ship of all time, hands down. I think it's the prettiest thing. Uh, the one that I'm flying right now in game is actually the Discovery Bird of Prey, which um, I freely admit I didn't love the design when I first saw it, but it's been growing on me now that I'm flying it and seeing it in motion. Um, and, uh, you know, Jet, uh, our systems designer who does, um, like, all the ship designs these days, uh, she built that ship to just be a blast to fly. And I flew it on a stream with her when we announced those ships and said, I need to get this ship. I need to get this ship now. I need to fly it. <laughs> <laughs> and so I've been flying the same ship for years, and I finally you know what? I'm gonna try something new, and I've, I've been having a really good time with it. Uh, right now, I've I've been um, <clears throat> flying a dreadnought, uh, which is the uh, the dreadnought from uh, the series finale of Next Generation. Uh, all good things. The uh, Enterprise D refit. Oh yeah. Uh, so yeah, I've, I've been been doing that one. I flew the uh, the Odyssey cruiser uh, for the longest uh, longest time. The uh, the one that. Uh, uh, the Enterprise F, yeah. Enterprise F, yeah. yeah. Are you getting yeah. the Eagle Moth ship? 
You, you know, I've I thought about it. I've been thinking about it. I've <laughs> I've really because I do see all these posts about the the Eagle Moss ships, and then uh, we were actually talking about that earlier. Uh, that Eagle Moss will take your your ship, and you can send it to them. They'll do the, uh, the the whole printout thing, which sounds really neat. I may do that, but I think what would sell me, and I, I don't know if they do this, and, and please don't tell me if they are, but I would like to get my character made uh, because I kind of am boring when it comes to MMOs, you you know, everyone, (laughs) it's this, you can be whatever you want, do whatever you want, have any kind of character looks, whatever. I make my characters that look like me. And so that, that's just kind of what I do. And I thought, you know, this is going to be probably the closest I would ever have of having an action figure that, 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 that looks like me. Uh, but then again, they, you could probably just take a, take a picture of yourself and do it in real life, not just the SEO character, but you could, I, uh, we, we've talked to, um, uh, the folks at, um, game print about doing captain prints as well as spaceship prints. I don't know, uh, that it's going to happen anytime soon, but the conversations have been had, they've seen the requests for it. <laughs> nice. And somebody did, um, uh, manage to, through a, a crazy hack, um, submit their character from the neck up uh for 3d printing uh but they balked at the price it would have cost to print so they just left it <laughs> oh <laughs> i'm sure it was pretty pricey yeah <laughs> well uh we we appreciate everything that you do with the uh, community engagement uh just with keeping cryptic and uh you know in communication with reddit I think that's that's a great thing. I'm sure that the the users like when you come around and and seeing you and uh just like knowing that if there's something going on that they actually have people who are listening and and paying attention um so now one of the things i I definitely want to uh, want to ask you before uh before we end the podcast is have you gotten to work with meet see or talk with any of the actors from the show yes uh yes i have oh, uh, yes. and it's been it's been so awesome uh so a lot of them record um in la or london or new york wherever they're based um but uh some of them have come to the studio uh to record um which has been fantastic uh i've gotten to uh hang out with um chase masterson and uh jg hertzler and max grodenchik um all when we were recording for deep space nine we had all of them in studio um to say hi and uh recorded some fun videos of them walking around rebuild of deep space nine uh and that was a lot of fun and then you know i get to go to stlv every year uh this year, i know it's amazing uh this year we were we happened to be um we finished our panel and then they were doing a discovery cosplay photo shoot um on the same stage and the uh they were going to surprise the cosplayers by having the whole cast of discovery show up which meant when we walked off stage the whole cast of discovery was hanging out backstage and so we got to hang out and chat with them for a while which was really really cool i got to say hi to anthony rap uh who I, you know, I grew up listening to Rent because I'm a huge theater nerd, and so that was amazing for me. Um, and uh, uh, at um, Destination Star Trek in Germany, I uh, got to meet um, uh, a what oh God? What's um, oh geez, brain? Why would you? Uh, Mary Chifo. I got to meet Mary Chifo. Um, oh, okay. Who is just, she plays Laurel, and she is just 
the sweetest person on the entire planet. We've chatted a couple of times since then at uh, different conventions. Uh, so, yeah, it's been kind of amazing. Um, you know, I've I've uh, gotten to meet a lot of my heroes on this job, uh, and getting to uh, talk to Bartok was a particular highlight. <laughs> you are lucky. That that had to be amazing. Oh God, I got to talk to him about fight choreography. I was like, because he was talking about somehow. Uh, Lord of the Rings and Viggo Mortensen came up and I mentioned um, uh, how um, I don't know if you know this is going to be a wild non-Star Trek related tangent get ready uh, <laughs> I don't know if you know who Bob Anderson um, but uh, Bob who, was that? Bob Anderson um, so Bob he Anderson. was the fight choreographer for um, The Princess Bride, Pirates of the Caribbean Lord of the Rings, The Mark- Mask of Zorro basically if you enjoyed a sword fight Bob probably did it um, okay. and he um, he passed away in 2012 I think um, but he uh, I, I mentioned to um, J.G. Hertzler because we were talking about it that um, Bob Anderson had said that Viggo Mortensen was the uh, uh, the, ba- the best sword fighter he'd ever trained and J.G. <laughs> got kind of wow. huffy because he was like Oh, well, he trained me. And so then I had this minute of like, oh, my God, that's right. You were on the Highland show. You would have worked with him. Oh, my God, I have so many questions for you. <laughs> it's like I got the nerd out about sword fighting with uh, with J.G. Hertzler for a while. Uh, so he, he was, was on amazing. Highlander. He was. He was on an episode of Highlander uh, with a pretty awesome sword fight against um, uh, Adrian... The guy, you know, the guy who played the main character. I, I, I see his, I, I see his face right now. Yeah, um, yeah. It, it's going to hit me later on tonight. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, I, I did a sword fighting Google class it. with him at a con, so I should remember his name, but nope. <laughs> well, that's that's great that you get to to, uh, to meet these people and yeah. that you got to to hang around, and that's that's kind of the dream right there. It's, You've got the dream amazing. job. Yeah, I mean, I did. Um, uh, I get. To, I've moderated a panel with Star Trek celebrities the last two years at STLV um, for Star Trek online. Uh, and it's been pretty, pretty amazing. We did a victory's life retrospective last year with uh, Chase Masterson and Andrew Robinson and uh, Aaron Eisenberg. And um, oh God, I'm forgetting someone and I'm going to get in trouble now. Uh, I know there was a fourth person, but it's, lost to me now so that's fine <laughs> they'll someone will yell at me later <laughs> well I, I think it was last year uh yes it was last year that um uh at a stlv that they had the winners from uh the giphy cat in the uh, uh gif star trek gif uh, yeah, yeah, contest yeah. and uh, coincidentally one of our moderators in a subreddit uh r slash star trek gifs she one, she, she was one of the, the persons that won and got to go to St. Louis. Um, uh, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Star Trek Las Vegas uh, for this, which I thought that was that was awesome. I wish I would have entered something, <laughs> but if if I had won, which would have been pr- probably impossible, I don't think I would have managed to be able to get away for for something like that. But uh, uh, yeah, so that was that was pretty big that she she got to do that. And it sounds like a really nice uh you know really nice convention to to go to yeah uh yeah well, it's really really fun it's interesting because it's um you know if you've been to you know something like comic-con or WonderCon or something like that before you know one of the giant conventions um stlv as big as it is kind of feels small and intimate you know you can run into um lavar burton just walking the halls uh it's 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 a pretty amazing experience and i i really do recommend it to everybody who is uh, a star trek fan that they go someday absolutely you, you should I've, I've been to them they they are fun 
Uh, I'm going to desperately try to pull myself away from uh, playing Monster Hunter World and get in some more <laughs> some some more Star Trek online. Uh, I, I, I'm behind a little bit. Uh, I have not done the uh, the task force uh, mission on on Pavo. I've been reading up about it on uh, you know the Reddit side. But uh, for for you, keep up the great work. Thank you. I you know we we appreciate what you do and really appreciate you coming on uh, here and uh, doing this this podcast with us. And, you're, yeah, you're, you're great pleasure, for doing that. Man. Thank you for having me. Um, yeah, I, I really enjoyed myself. Absolutely. Well, that's that's great. Well, hope that you and and hope that everyone who's listening subscribes to the Reddit Star Trek community, which is r slash uh, United Federation, and enjoy this podcast so that you can see all the unique content we have to offer. As yeah. Q would say, see you out there. <laughs> see you out there. Red alert.